Hello and welcome to episode 42 of the Ambitious Filmmaker Podcast. I'm Caleb. I'm Mark. And I'm Eric. And we're three best friends from high school who've spent the last 10 years in the film industry and realized that freelancing can be a lonely business. So we built the Video Community, a place where filmmakers on all parts of their journey can come together and empower each other's growth and success. In this episode, we interview filmmaker Josiah Moore. With Josiah, we dive into how to know when you're ready to make the full freelance jump why Instagram is like Tinder for creatives. And we dive into being true to yourself and what exactly that means in this day and age. So sit back, relax, and welcome to the Ambitious Filmmaker Podcast. It's, it's funny because it's like, for me, from like a filmmaker standpoint, Instagram is almost like like the filmmaking community, like Tinder, you know? Where yes. It's like, oh my <laughs> gosh. I was thinking dating app. Oh, this needs to be a bit of the subject matter. In the yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right, we better dive into it before we get away all the goodies. Yeah. All right. All right. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Ambitious Filmmaker Podcast. Today, we have director, shooter, editor, one man powerhouse, Josiah more hello, josiah hello. <laughs> it's good to have you thanks for having me guys um josiah was spitting some mad fire before we even started this podcast so we will get into all of that cool shit in a bit but first josiah we always start with asking the origin story of our guests and <laughs> our tenure making this podcast we learned that everyone has this wild freaking ride to breaking into this industry. So what is the origin story of Josiah Moore? Early on, th this has always been like probably the lifelong passion, the lifelong dream is to film and make things creative with my hands. Um, when I was very young, everything was drawing. I, I always wanted to be an artist for Disney. Like that was my my thing. I was like trying, nice. drawing, drawing. That'd be so much fun. Like I, that was everything for me. Uh, also, when I was younger, we moved around a lot. Like we lived in Venezuela for a bit when my parents were missionaries. Like we lived like, so like I've kind of had like this like whole story of just like journeying around and traveling the world and getting all these experiences all throughout that always wanting to make movies. When I was like 12 or something like that, my father bought me a video camera that he got on eBay. He was like, I think you would have fun with this. And I got it and it was just like changed my life. I was like, oh, this is way easier than drawing like frame by frame. I'm like, you just like go out and just start like shooting and telling stories. <laughs> and so that was like a really like pivotal moment that was really exciting. And so I just, I really from early on just started grabbing my friends and my brothers. I'm the oldest of four boys. And so use my brothers and my close friends and we would just make war films. We'd spend the weekend like building armor out of my dad's workshop and we'd make like armor and swords out of wood and sheet metal and like all of a sudden yeah. we'd go out and film, you know, for the next few days. And it was just nonsense stuff, but like really just kind of honing my chops and like really just starting to fall in love with the whole process. I was early enough, you know, I'm 32 right now. I was kind of early enough in the process where like it wasn't digital, you know, I'm recording to DV tapes. So, and that was even before I even had like any sort of editing machine. So I would do all the edits in camera. So you like film a take and then you stop it right at the right time. And if you didn't get it right, you'd rewind it and like try to do it over again. So then you'd have like this DV tape that has like the master completed thing. And it's just one take of every scene because that you would just keep trying it over and over again. Fast forward a little bit more, got, you know, my first editing machine and had used using Sony Vegas. And that was just like a game yeah. changer. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, this, you know, you can shoot as much as you want and pick out the best takes. And 
So I was, I was in high school at that point. I was homeschooled the whole way through school. So I was, it gave me a lot of flexibility, a lot of freedom to pursue this. So I would like crank out my schoolwork the first thing and then just like get in and start shooting, you know, and, and editing. And so when I was in high school, I started shadowing with a local agency. And when I graduated high school, they offered me a full-time position there. And so I kind of worked my way up the food chain. When I started there in high school to when I left was almost a decade. And by the time I left, I was one of the lead, you know, director, shooter, editors, like creative people there. So really kind of like had this like fun little success story, felt like I'd kind of hit the ceiling and not in a bad way. It was just more, it was definitely more like personal where I was just like, I don't think I want to be here anymore. Like, I don't think the nine to five is as exciting as what's going to fulfill me, you know? And so about four years ago now I jumped ship and I went full-time freelance and I was just like, you know what? We'll just shoot music videos and marketing videos and wedding videos and short films, yeah. like whatever comes my way, you know, just there's really, and it's been way more fun because I don't feel like I have a set schedule. You know, it's, you're not locked into this like nine to five thing and it feels a lot more fun. I feel like I'm able to give projects like all my energy, you know, so sometimes if I have something really exciting happening and you just like go into your cave and you just stay there for like, you know, 48 hours, it feels so good. You know, you don't feel like it's because you're forced to, it's because you want to. So that kind of brings me up to, I guess, where I am right now. <laughs> And here we are. You know, it's very Spielbergian of you to mention making war films with your friends. I'm pretty yes. sure like when he was a kid. So good props to you for that. Okay, so you went freelance about four years ago, give or yeah. take. What do you think was that tipping point where you're just realizing, yeah, you know what? Like I can, I think I can keep growing on my own. I don't need this safety net anymore. What ended up kind of being the trigger for that is I had started just for fun shooting music videos on like the weekends. You know, I was starting to get, I was like, oh, it would be fun to shoot music videos. So I just started dabbling in that. Well, what ended up happening is some of the bands I worked with grew fairly rapidly and I started to get my name in the industry faster than I anticipated. Like it was like all of a sudden stuff was like getting featured on websites and I was getting offers from record labels. And the thing is, is that I ended up turning down a ton of work over that year. So it was like, it was like this weird moment where my growth was taking off and offers started coming in, but I just ended up turning down more and more offers because I'm like, oh no, I can't travel out to LA this weekend to shoot a music video because I have to shoot this like warehouse plant. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like, so I ended up like, you know, or like a hospital video or something. And, and so after a while that really, like after about a year of that, it like really started to get under my skin and like really bother me where I was like, why am I turning down these projects that are so exciting just so I can like stay in like the safety of like this nine to five job. And then paired with that was honestly was the finance side of it or the idea of being locked into a salary. There is security, but I feel like, man, is this my life for like every year, or every two years? I may get a raise or I have to ask for a raise. Like I'm just sort of always like at the mercy of the people I'm working for, no matter how nice of an agency or company they are, you're still like at the mercy of what they want to do or what they think you are worth. And comparing that with like where I was realizing, I was just like, oh no, I can just keep upping my prices on music videos. Like I can just like, I can like, there's no limit. You know, it's like the limit right. is really as much as I make it. And that was really exciting. So between the two of those, I would say I held on longer than I should have to the agency. And I know that it affected my workplace morale there. Always kind of just like the dark cloud where you're just like, oh, whatever, do shoot another, another whatever video, you know? I guess it's just a good learning experience where like sometimes you just have to trust your gut. And if I had bailed a year before, I, I think it would have been hel even healthier, you know, but it's, you know, it's good. <laughs> well, I, I, you know, it's like that poem, what happens to a dream deferred, right? Like you, yeah. you get these moments in your life where you get this 
moments of clarity. And you know, you have a choice. Do I follow this purpose that's been revealed to me or do I keep going in status quo? And honestly, I'm, I'm glad that we're having this conversation with you because I think that the complacency of security is such a real thing. And I think it holds a lot of people back from achieving their full potential. I think while the, yeah, the salary bit's nice, you can definitely pay your bills every month. But it's just like what you said, but someone else is telling you what you're worth. Like you're not taking control of your value as a filmmaker, as a creative, as an individual. Someone else is dictating that. And it's just like you said, every couple of years, you had to go beg and plead and say, please, please, please look how much better I am now. And they either say yay or nay. While that's secure, it's extremely limiting, both in mindset and in your potential as a creative. So to be your absolute best, you have to let go of the known and you have to be willing to wade into the unknown. And it is scary. I'm sure even when you're like, you know what, even though I'm getting all this work, when's the other shoe going to drop, right? It is scary. But embracing that that fear and knowing that your absolute best self is on the other side of that, I just think more creative need to hear that. The ones that are just holding on for dear life to the limits of complacency when there's so much powerful stuff out there if they're just willing to embrace that fear and turn that into power. Literally could not agree more with that because I think that quite often when people ask me, you know, every once in a while you'll get that that direct message or something like that and people being like, so, you know, what do you, are you really full-time freelance or when did you know when it was time to leave and all this sort of stuff? And you can never give the answer for the other person, right? But you will always right. know it yourself. And I always just feel like, man, if you are feeling that, like if you're listening to this podcast right now and you've been like waiting for a sign, like use this as like the go ahead, you know, it's just like, this is the moment to, to take the step, to take the leap, to try it because the way I looked at it and I still stick to it is that agency work, that can always be a fallback. There will always be those jobs available. There will always be that work at any moment. You could land another job working for another company, but you're only going to kind of have the shot where you're like young and agile and have all this energy to really try out the, the full freelance thing. So if yeah. that is a passion, you know, and if it's not like, then no worries. But like, if it is something that you have been toying with in the back of your head, like, uh, you know, the best time to start was yesterday, you know, the second best time to start is today. It's like, you really can, you really can make it happen. So yeah. for sure, 100%. for sure. And I'm with you too, entrepreneur versus entrepreneur, right? And it's completely okay if agency life works for you, if you yeah. find joy and satisfaction there, if you're like, you know what, family's my number one and I just, I enjoy film and I just want it to be this thing that pays my bills. That's great. And there is absolutely nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Where it becomes a problem is when you know that you can do more and you're just not, you know? And, you know, we like to talk all like the mindset stuff and all that is important, but I want to reiterate to our listeners that you had started building your music video portfolio First, so you had your job that you were doing, you know, but you were also like, I want to explore this new thing. And it was through exploring this new thing that created this opportunity for you to branch out beyond and to break into this freelance and hold on to as much security as you could, even as you do embrace the unknown. You had built a body of work in this new niche, in this new style of creating that you wanted to explore. So that's something I want to talk about to our listeners too. Like, if you are in your agency, if you are doing your, your job work, explore the other forms of creativity that you want because you just don't ever know where it's going to lead. And it will help you break in easier when you want to be on your own, when you start dictating your own value. That's a huge portion of that too, is that I didn't just wake up one day 
having no portfolio and just saying, I'm done at the agency and then just start blindly hitting up people. You know, it's like, no, I already had a portfolio. I had, you know, some cool demo reels I could show off, you know, and, and growing relationships. So it was a little bit. And, and in fact, at that point, a lot of people were really excited for me. And, and I actually got a huge boost even the year that I left because I started being public online saying, hey, guys, I'm 100% freelance. Like, this is really exciting for me. And all of a sudden, boom, 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 you're getting a lot of messages. You know, people then in the past have been like, oh, I thought you were kind of busy. I didn't want to hit you up with this like small task or something. And it's like, so then you just started, I started filling in all the all the slots with all this extra work, but it came from like already having grown a bit of like previous relationships. Um, so you do have to be yeah. smart about it, but I think that it's something that you can absolutely work towards. And I think that the other pitfall too is like, you, you can't wait until you match or exceed like a hundred percent, right? Because like, then you're just going to, you're like one, you may never ever hit. Like if you're working at an agency and also trying to match that salary a hundred percent with freelance, you might not ever be able to just because you're limited on hours. You know, you're limited on, on your free time available to even pursue that. So you have to kind of gauge. You're like, well, maybe I hit, for me, I hit about 50% of my agency salary. And I was like, honestly, if I'm making 50% just working weekends and like evenings where I can, I was like, I bet you I can make up the other 50% when I totally nix out of the agency. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Love that. So for you personally, like what made you want to explore music videos? Like what was, what was the draw? Well, for, for me initially, it really was just as, as a way to like almost scratch like this other itch because so many of the other videos I was doing were just boring. Like they're just like commercials, you know, it's just, you know, yeah. it's like whether it's a car commercial or a hospital promo or, you know, a manufacturing plant or something, it just, it just kind of they all just kind of ran together and you never felt like you could really let out like a ton of creativity and music videos kind of offered that, that other angle for me where you could just go in and pitch these outlandish ideas and, yeah. and right out of the gate, I had some opportunities to just shoot some really fun stuff that, that really kind of solidified that for me where I was just like, Oh my gosh, we're like, we're working with a special effects team and we're catching a band on fire and like this sort of stuff, <laughs> like early on in the career. And I was like, this is so much better, you know, and I'd shoot that over the weekend, you know, I'm traveling out shooting that. And then I come back, you know, and then Monday morning, I'm like editing this talking head interview. And I was just like, man, I enjoy this other side of it so much more, you know? So I think that was like the biggest draw for music videos initially. I think the thing I'm finding now at this point in my career, like four years into it is that music videos kind of have a bit of a, of a glass ceiling in themselves where like, there's this huge jump to like where bands you know, can't spend over $10,000, but then the jump to like the bands that can spend like over $100,000, right? There's not right. like a lot of wiggle room in the middle there. Um, as much as you might think, you might think it might be this, this natural ladder, but it kind of isn't, it just, it's, it's, there's not like a huge peak to it. So over the last like couple of years, I've been, I wouldn't say I'm turning down music videos by any sense. I'm still working with a lot of my friends and stuff, but I'm not actively pursuing the music videos in the same way because they're a great creative outlet and I can still do like a lot of really fun and exciting things with them. And I've made so many good friends in the industry and also in the music industry as well, uh, lifelong friends through it. So I have, you know, but for me, it's always about growth. It's always about change. And I just feel like every few years, I kind of just get itching to try like something else and something new. And um, so really over the last, like year a couple years here now it's been pursuing a lot more like narrative work and shooting short films and and seeing so now I feel like I'm kind of entering that next phase where music videos I'm not putting as a much uh as much emotional weight into and I'm really kind of you know shifting focus onto like some of the more narrative sides and uh so that's been really exciting so and that's been another thing about being you know being freelance and working for myself is that I feel the freedom to just pivot at any time you know and it's right. like 
there was a while right. when I was shooting a lot of wedding videos and I kind of was getting bored and, and it was getting a little stale. And I didn't like that I was booking out so far in advance that my weekends were getting chopped up. So I was like, then I kind of went through a phase where I was like, no weddings. And so I did a couple of years of no weddings. And then last year I shot a couple of weddings because I had some friends ask me and I was available the weekend. And it was like, it was a joy. Like it was like so much fun. I was like, oh my gosh, like it is kind of fun to shoot a couple of weddings a year. So I think like being able to have this kind of like fluid evolution throughout my career over the last number of years has been so much fun where I'm able to, I guess it sounds kind of lame or cheesy, but it's like, I've been kind of able to just pursue and do the things that sound fun, like in the moment, you know? And like, that's yeah. what more could you ask for from a job? <laughs> Honestly, how freeing! Like, yeah. seriously, yeah. seriously. And to me, like evolving from music videos to narrative, that's just the next logical step. You know, if your origin right. story started with you shooting like warehouse vids, <laughs> hospital, whatnot, like music videos are a great entrance way into narrative style work. Cause like yeah. the music tells a story, right? So you're creating these videos to help amplify or enhance the story of the lyrics it's just like of course like narrative that to me is a natural flow i mean you know your nine to five has its stepping stone ladder whatever you know but so does like this this freelance world right yeah. where it's like as you're exploring these new creative options it's just you get to create the stairs yeah right like exactly in a, <laughs> in a job it's just like these are the steps but when you're exploring on your own you're like custom building this wacky whimsical house and it looks yeah. like whatever you want it to <laughs> yes. look like and that is that. powerful and what more could you ask for with that but I want to take it back to like the, the jumping off point and when you went full freelance. And I want yeah. to talk about network. Yeah. So when you leapt outward, what was your network like? How did you leverage what you had? And how did you use that to grow into what it is today? So I think the cool thing is that I don't have, I've never been in a situation where I've had like, like almost like fake growth online. You know, sometimes earlier on in like Instagram days, like sometimes people get featured and then you just get swarmed with thousands and thousands of followers, but they're not like true advocates of your work necessarily. Or if you have like a viral video on YouTube, like you get this huge swell, but they're not necessarily like, they're not like on your team, you know, it's just like, they just right, saw something fun right. and they're clicking subscribe or follow. I think the cool thing is, is that if you want to call a fan base or the follow base, like the people that have kind of been along on this journey with me have been like emotionally involved in like my journey personally. And that's been so exciting. And so to kind of have like this slow, but consistent growth um, has been a huge part of it. So that when I did leave and I did start a posting online that, Hey, I'm going full-time freelance. There were so many people advocating for me. There were so many people like, say, you know, I would get messages from, from labels or managers and they'd be like, hey, this lead singer from this band like recommended you, you know, and like, and, and just be, having other people in the industry start to like advocate for you. And like, you get those, those emails from people you didn't even know like existed necessarily. And they're like, <laughs> hey, somebody else recommended you to us. And that's like one of the best feelings in the world. You're like, okay, this is cool. Like I have kind of my own little team of advocates that people are like, in this journey with me. And I think that's a big thing. And I've been really, yeah. I, I try hard to, to give back in the ways that I can when people send me projects they've worked on, like I'll legit watch them. You know, I'm just like, yo, cool, dude. It's like, no, I'll literally watch your four minute video that you sent me and, and I'll give you specific feedback on what I think was cool, what I think Heck you yeah. might could work on next time. Like, I love that stuff because that's the stuff that meant so much to me when I was 
really first getting started because there's so much you don't know when you're first getting started stuff that seems simple or easy for me at this point I mean some people reach out and they're just like how do you sync playback you know with the band playing or whatever you know stuff that seems maybe very simple if you've shot a handful of music videos but hey if you've if you've shot one or none like you don't really know the best way to go about it so I think being able to give back and share that and I love 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 kind of it feels like the new trend as far as like the, the filmmaking community, it feels like it's a lot more of like a free open door. Here's how I do the process. Here's how to give back. And it is like, I never had that when I was younger growing up. Like it was secret, secret, secrets. And like, it was so hard yeah. to figure out. Cause you're like, well, what camera are you shooting on? How do you pull off that look? Or how do you, and it was so, you know, you felt you had to fight for every inch. And I think that I am so excited to be a part of like this era of filmmaking where everybody's like, Dude, yeah. I will, I will literally, without even you asking me, I'm going to show like this like demo or like this breakdown online to show you like how I made this, you know, and it does twofold because people love seeing them behind the scenes. You know, who doesn't love seeing that? You know, when I was younger, I'd watch through all the Lord of the Rings behind the scenes, you know, over yeah. and over again. Cause it's like, that's was so cool. So like, why wouldn't you want to see that with like your favorite filmmakers? And I just love like this community. It, it's been, and, and who knows, maybe other people listening are like, no, this community is toxic, but then I would just say, find new, <laughs> find better friends. Cause like, I think like the people that I've been surrounding myself with, uh, you know, my virtual friends on, on through Instagram and Twitter and stuff, I've just been so supportive and we've all been sharing and it's been just so exciting to be a part of that. Yeah. I mean, everything you're saying, I mean, that's why we built the video community. That's why we yeah. built this podcast. As we mentioned in the pre-roll, it, being an entrepreneur in the video industry can be very lonely business. Yeah. It can be very lonely. And it can create some very bitter people if they've been alone for too long. I don't think, obviously, no one sets out as a life in a creative industry being like, well, I can't wait till I'm 35 and bitter and resentful and this and yeah. like, no one sets out like that. And if that happened, that just means they were failed along their journey. They were failed. They were let down for too long, too much. And that needs to change. Absolutely. And we talk about burnout a lot, you know, like there's a lot of stories of people that we have on here and it's like, well, why do we, why do we burn out? Not just like what prevents burnout, but like we burn out because we don't have a positive community. We don't have a positive environment and we don't have friends that like we can ask questions to and like share our work with and like share our struggles with at the same time and be like, man, I'm just not digging weddings anymore. How do I shift? What would you do? Like, yeah, that's a powerful, powerful thing. Yeah. And I think it can be hard too, because sometimes you kind of get put into a box a little bit, even with, even with your own work. And then you feel like you kind of have to just be like a, a, a one trick pony in that regard. And so I've been trying to, let me put it this way. I've been forcing myself to step out of my box and like post things on Instagram, like even within like the last year that like are non-typical for what most people would think of when they think of like Josiah or the Josiah X brand, you know, everybody's just like, Oh, like, you know, CGI and VFX and like big, you know, bloody adventure stuff. And I'm just like, no, but like, I enjoy making a lot of different things and I'm going to like, I'm going to post everything. Cause like some of this other stuff is fun for me. And I almost want to like shake it up for myself. So I don't just like fall into this rut that like I'm only making one type of video because that's, that's what's exciting for me is like to always change it up and to pursue different styles of filmmaking. And (laughs) (laughs) well, I think it's being authentic to self. I think it's easy right now to fall prey to the almighty algorithm. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Seriously. Like, Oh, people watch your stuff because you do this one thing. And then when you 
branch out. At first, there's going to be a bit of like a, a shock, like, oh my gosh, like he does more. And I think like this is where a lot of filmmakers will just or creatives in general will go back to their one trick because they're losing interactions, they're losing likes, they're losing comments, blah, blah, yeah. blah, blah. And they trap themselves. They trap themselves into something that, sure, they might still find enjoyment in, but it's limiting. And if you're going to limit yourself like that, well, then eventually you're building a nine to five in your own mind. And <laughs> yes. That's, yeah. And that's so detrimental in the long, long term. So it's like allowing yourself that freedom to explore. Your audience will adapt and you'll attract more people. And the ones that only cared about you for that one thing, yeah. well, see, because you're a complex creative. We all are. Yeah. We all are. Yeah. Yes. That, that's such a huge thing to remember too, is like to just not feel defeated if you're posting something or if you're working on something that's out of the ordinary, like if you enjoy it, post it because like that's showing another, another side of who you are. And honestly, I've gotten some, some jobs because people, you know, they were like, Oh, I had no idea that you shot that sort of stuff. Like let's work together, you know? And it's like, so if anything, it can just, it, I feel like there's no harm. Sure, you might get 60 interactions on Instagram instead of 160, but it's like, it's not really going to like hurt you in the long run, you know? So, yeah, and like understanding the reason why you're even on Instagram, like, is it for clients or is it for collaboration or is it to get music videos? Is it to get corporate work? Like, yeah, you know, to have a specified goal like that because then it's not about the likes or the engagements or the numbers. It's like, no, what about the like the quality connections that you're making? Yeah, I always I always like make the joke that Instagram for me anyways, recently, like over the last couple of years, Instagram has really transformed like less of like a portfolio showcase piece, but more just literally like Tinder for creatives. And so like, I feel like I've been able to like, make a lot of really good connections with people that are like me that you know, like, are, are like, in doing freelance or, or dabbling juggling a few different styles of filmmaking, and maybe also doing photography, you know, raising small families, you know, I have a four year old that I'm raising at the same time. And so like, being able to like, connect with other people that kind of like, are like you and like, that's been so yeah. huge. And some of these people have remained just online friends and and some people I have you know the lines are blurred and then you know your friends online for six months or a year and then next thing you know you're connecting and you're on set together and you're like wow are, are we best friends like this is technically our <laughs> first day working together but it feels like we have this history and that's been so awesome that's that that part of it so I would say that like for me personally I look at stuff like Instagram less as like I need to have the perfect nine squares for my portfolio when somebody visits my page and stuff. I don't care about that anymore. I, I literally don't care about the likes, blah, blah, blah. Like, I just want to interact with people. That's why most yeah. posts I post, I'm like, let me know what you think, you know? And like, I just, I love it when people comment or they reply. Like, that's exciting because I feel like I'm growing. I don't know. I'm learning things from all these other filmmakers and I hope they're learning stuff from me. And if nothing else, just giving each other that mental boost, like, and being real and authentic helps too. Like sometimes posting is being like, guys, like, this like September kind of sucks for me right now. Like I'm just not feeling it. And like to see that just like flood of genuine responses where people are like, I was there too, or like you can do it. Or like yeah. the last thing you posted was so amazing. And it's like getting those like real authentic feedback and boost is like, that's what it's about for me. Like, that's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Authenticity. I think at the end of the day, this is the power of community. We all learn from each other, no matter what your skill set is, no matter how much of a master you are in a particular niche or genre, Someone else from a different angle knows something that you don't. And, and when yeah. a community of creatives comes together and opens their minds, 
to be willing to learn and collaborate with one another. It is literally limitless. You can do anything. I literally, truly believe anything can be accomplished. And I think authenticity is so critical in that step because people need to know that they're not alone. No, and that's what it is because I think breaking through that of just wanting to support each other is like the biggest thing. Because like you said, then the sky's the limit. Like we can do anything that we want. It's that whole phrase, right? Like raising water raises all ships, you know, rising water raises all ships. And it's like, that's what it is. I think for it's so easy to get in a mindset where you're like, no, like I have to just do this myself and I can't open myself up to other friends because like then they might get the job or they might whatever. But it's like, dude, there's so much work. There's so many opportunities out there. Literally, there is no threat at all for you to be without work, like or or to like dig yourself some hole like, oh, I shared too much. Now I don't have a job. Like it will <laughs> never happen. It's only gone the opposite where people have appreciated the amount of work they put into it or like what it means to actually pull something off. And like, quite frankly, sometimes you can even raise your budget that way. Or sometimes you can, yeah. even, you know, get, get a label on board a different way because you're like, oh, check out this. You know, this is what really goes into to making this and just making real friends along the way is huge. I mean, so many people that have helped me even make some of my short films come to life. Like I'm best friends with a VFX artist who lives like out in California and he's working on like, like big VFX stuff, but like we connected through YouTube and like, we're like best buds now. Like I flew out to his wedding last year and he helps me like animate like monster effects on some of my stuff. And it's just like, and today he called me up and he was like, Hey, can you help shoot some green screen plates for this commercial I'm working on? And it's like, dude, this is amazing. Like I've literally seen the kid in real life one time over the last like four years that we've been friends, but like we're constantly collaborating we're constantly like every chance we get we're roping the other one in and it's like that's what this is about like it's so exciting and to come from a place where like oh, yes this is one other thing that i definitely want to touch on before like this thing wraps up is that like honestly like don't get bummed out about your location i know you guys kind of all live all over the place like you told me i'm in upstate new york i live closer to canada than i do new york city like i'm literally like <laughs> I, i'm i'm out in like in living almost in like the country you know it's upstate new york i live close to the adirondacks like all this sort of stuff and it's like that can almost feel defeating in some regards we're like oh i need to move to atlanta or i need to move to la if i'm ever going to have a shot at this and it's it's actually been the inverse i've had so many opportunities out here where i'm like I can just fly if I need it. If I need to do a shoot in Orlando, I'll just fly to Orlando. I don't need to live there. You know, and it's like, and so I'm, I'm being able to save money out here in a lot of ways. I'm able to lean on resources that normally would cost way more if I was living somewhere else. Like out here, it's like, I have so many connections to just like big empty warehouses or homes. And like, I don't need to buy permits and usually people want, want like a couple hundred bucks, you know? So you're kind of like leaning into like the resources around you. And it kind of like, that's a boost in of itself. So I think like, don't be frustrated with where you might be living, you know, uh, cause, cause I don't think that matters so much anymore either. Oh my gosh. It's, it's I so freaking love that. love that. It's limiting beliefs. And one thing I want to touch on before we wrap this up and in line with limiting beliefs is what we call the gear crutch. <laughs> we feel a lot of filmmakers, use what we call the gear crutch like oh i can't shoot that because i need i need a red i need an aria i need i need i need i need i need instead of utilizing what they have yeah so this is, let's this touch is, on yeah. <laughs> i could i could spend a whole podcast just talking about that i'll try to keep it concise but like being in a position where i was working in an agency i got to handle you know indirect and in in dp a lot of different sized shoots. And so I kind of got my hands on a lot of different sized 
um, gear and got to play with all the toys. And even now into music videos, a lot of times bigger budgets kind of call for bigger crews or bigger whatever. But at the end of the day, I am so uninvested with gear. It's not even funny. Like I, I can barely tell you the brands of the lights that I own. Like, I'm just like it for me, it's just like, does the light work? Yes. <laughs> Sweet. Like, let's move on. Like, it's never about the brand. Like I, I shoot with a Sony a seven three and I've had that for what now two or three years, whenever it came out. And it's like, I, I shot so many projects on that. And, and, and I'll tell you what, like the craziest thing is like, sometimes you'll post work. Like I, I shot a short film and I won uh, last, last year with it. And I shot it on, on the a seven three um, with with a Sigma lens and with this like Chinese, like, like knockoff, like LED light that we like, you know, held up in the woods. And I remember this like scathing DM that I got from somebody who like, must be nice to play with all the Hollywood toys and have Hollywood productions. Like I've looked through your Instagram and know you're a big player, blah, 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 all this stuff. And I was like, I mean, I'll take that as a compliment because yeah, I shot right? this, I shot this like entry level equipment, you know, for, for yep. our, for our field. And I was like, there was no mini involved. There was no red helium involved. There was no 20 person crew involved. It was like, it was me and friends, my friends in costumes were helping me move lights. Like I'm the guy that just like wants to just, I want to be shooting. I want to be like, I almost get like anxious when I got to fill out a call sheet. Like, you know, cause I'm just like, I yeah. don't want to be doing this. I want to just be filming. You know, it's like, so, so what's the smallest amount of crew that I can get involved where I could just shoot DMs to and just be like, Hey, be here this time. So I don't even have to worry about a call sheet you know like that's that's literally like my approach now because I'm like we're, I'm making like really cool stuff and like my friends are super involved and everybody's and, and then you're not limited to a role either you know I get I get friends involved that are on set with me and like everybody's just kind of doing everything you know and in some sets I'm even operating the camera but then sometimes I'm like oh I let me help with the costuming you shoot a couple takes with the camera while I'm helping like rig up this costume yeah. or whatever and like and it's just like so fluid and it like that to me is like mega like I am yes. all about that and and I think like at the end of the day everybody's watching you know of course this is on a uh, just audio only so you can't see I just held up my cell phone like 90% of people that are watching your stuff is just on either on Instagram or on YouTube anyways like whether you shot it at 12k 100k or 1000k <laughs> it makes no difference like it just like you know there are certain things you know different projects call for different technicalities but I would say for the majority of what I work on like I've just been stripping back my gear and like not trying to play that like gear grab game because to some degree that can be part of the fun when you're first like into it you're like yeah. it'd be so fun to like to like work with these cameras or work with these anamorphic lenses or work with a 20 person crew or whatever but at the end of the day you kind of start doing that and you realize that's not the ultimate like fulfillment or the ultimate goal like you I've been finding more I've been filling those roles or filling that gear slots when the project actually calls for it rather than like right, right. hey maybe this is a good project where I could rent the red camera for it's like no like, is it calling for this, you know? And then if it doesn't, then it's easy to just be like, no, I'll just pocket the rental money. Perfect. Like I just saved myself money on this project, you know? So I think just not caring about the gear is like, that's been super freeing over the last like number of years. And I'm just, I just don't care. <laughs> I just don't Amen. You're <laughs> talking to the right people here. Seriously, seriously. Cause to me, at the end of the day, you either have execution or excuses. Both are hard. Choose your hard. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean, and I think that's just it. Like, don't use gear as an excuse. Use it to execute. Use what you have to make the best product possible. Eric, I, Mark, uh, we we refer to it as kitchen sink filmmaking. We we're like about to be kickstarting a YouTube channel, and we made a whole video where we showcase our set that was made in a basement. The camera shows you this nice looking set thing, but it was filmed in a basement, made with materials we had on hand, and we're we shot it on what a Sony A7S Mark II. 
I mean, yes. Yeah. One lens, one lens, yeah. 4K, so we can crop in and make it look like there's yeah. more. I mean, like, <laughs> it is literally, we had one C stand, and then we used a giant car, like paper towel roll, essentially, slapped it on two light stands to hold another boom pole so we could have two mics mm-hmm. running. Like, it's like literally, you can do anything if you set your mind to it. And this isn't some yeah. hokey, hooey bullshit. This is the truth. Yeah. Execution or excuses, both are hard. Choose your heart. All that matters yeah. is the content that's coming through the frame. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Right. Amen. That, yeah, that's that's the other thing too. Like it doesn't matter how much gaff tape there is holding up the set on the background. <laughs> if like if it looks good on camera, like I'm constantly having to do that. Like almost like I, I say battle. That sounds strong, but just like having that chat with a lot of people when I'm building sets and stuff because I love building sets. Like that's one of the things that I love doing. I love building my own costumes. Love building sets and like yeah. you would be amazed how many of these sets and costumes are literally just barely holding together like like you know if the camera zoomed out just a little bit more you just see like how floppy and cardboardy everything is but it's like at the end of the day it doesn't matter because in the camera frame it looks amazing and people are stoked and then everybody yeah, yeah assumes that you're working on some big hollywood thing and it's like dude like and then you get the passive like, aggressive dms and yes. everyone's on your ass about it it's good the though that's that's when you know you've made it right absolutely <laughs> absolutely so josiah we're coming to a close here this has been yeah. a fire episode i'm so fired up right now what is one piece of advice that you would give to a young gun filmmaker or someone who's working their nine to five but looking to branch into freelance just someone who wants to make this the full-time career was one piece of advice that you would give them? When I think back to like some of the mistakes that I made growing up, and I, and I think I did mention it before, but one is like, if you're really feeling that gut instinct to move on and try the next thing, like, honestly, go for it. Go for it before you get better or before you have a season of six months or eight months where you're just miserable and you're upset. Like, don't wait until you're feeling that to go. Like, and, and the other thing too is like, to not feel like it has to be zero to a hundred instantly sometimes you can start to just like dip your toes in in the water in a lot of different areas we're like well maybe i'll shoot a couple wedding videos maybe i'll shoot a couple music videos maybe i'll shoot a couple interview videos and like at the end of the day like you can kind of grow each one as as you're having fun with it as it starts to organically grow and then you can choose like do i want to just nix that or do i want to pursue it and i think too early on i was I was almost like too gung ho where I'm like, I am a music video director now. And I don't want people to even know that I just shot a corporate headshot video. You know what I mean? Like, so it's (laughs) like, I would like, I'd almost like hide that information where it's just like trying to like, but for me recently, it's just been like, no, like this is about the filmmaking journey. It's about the process. And part of the fun for me is shooting different types of projects. So I think, I guess some of this just sounds like big, like mindset you know mumbo jumbo but like not being afraid of like what really makes you tick and what what energizes you yes. just lean into it and and it is so different for so many of us and like some of my best friends do things that i would never do right some of my best friends are full-time like wedding filmmakers and i'm like that's not for me but like we're inspiring each other so much despite it because it's like we're both just leaning into the things that excite us you know so yeah. for sure and be true to yourself, man. Just be true to yourself. <laughs> hey, man. Hey, man. Closed the podcast that I was on last night. He was like, what piece of advice? I was like, just be your authentic self. It yeah. sounds easy, but like, that's yeah. how you're going to be the most happy in life and enjoy what you're doing. And Yes. Yes. Amen. Well, that's the title of this episode, so thank you. Now I don't have to think about it. <laughs> so I, I just appreciate that. Thank you for dropping that mic for me at the end. Josiah, how can people follow you in your wild adventures yes. going forward? <laughs> I, I'm lucky enough to have the same handle across the board, so it's my name, Josiah, J-O-S-I-A-H-X. So Josiah X on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. Shoot me a follow. 
and and more than just shoot me a follow because that that's not what I'm into. Like like if this was like actually fun, shoot me a DM. Like let's actually chat. Like that's that's way yeah. more exciting You're to me than connect. just some blanket new follower popping up. So yeah, I love that. <laughs> yeah. Josiah's a cool dude, worth a DM. Check this man <laughs> out. Uh, I've watched this director's reel a handful of times. Some of those VFX that you implement in your videos are nuts. Unreal. It is unfreaking real. So it's great. Give this man a follow. Remember, be true to yourself. Trust your gut. Build a life that you want. Build your own stepping stones to success. All of you stay safe. And we will see you next time. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Ambitious Filmmaker. Have something you want us to talk about? Interested in chatting with like-minded filmmakers? Join the conversation over at our free Facebook group and subscribe to our Instagram. Just search the video community. We'll see you next time. And remember, always be creating.